Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. I am Kevin Parker. He is Scott Martin. Trying out a new little intro here. We'll see how that goes. Um, It is Thursday morning as we are recording. We are, we kind of messed up the schedule. I don't want to say messed up the schedule a little bit. We, we miss, uh, we miscommunicated the schedule a little bit. So last year throughout the season, Scott reminded me, we did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I was so used to this Monday, Thursday thing. So uh, the schedule moving forward, uh, we're going to post this picks podcast a little early because Michigan State plays on Friday. So this this week is a little bit uh, a little bit different. But generally throughout the season, we're going to have Monday post game recap, Wednesdays game preview, Fridays will be our picks podcast. That will be this podcast which we're posting a little bit early. Uh, Got to get the clerical stuff out of the way. Scott, it's Thursday morning. How are we doing today? We are one day from MSU football, and we have one. good football tonight. Um, this backyard brawl I'm pretty excited about. Uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, I mean, how can you be upset one day away from MSU football? I saw your Jaden Reed days away, and it really sunk in. I was talking to you about this before we got on. You know, before... One day, my brain was like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. It's still far away. You know, two days, that's a long time. Something about being one day away really uh, clicked this morning. Yeah, we're on we're on the precipice. It's the eve, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, so, so today's the Picks Podcast. If you were listening last year, you kind of know what we're doing here. But we added the wrinkle. As you guys know by now, hopefully, we are adding you guys to the picks podcast as well so run your pool this is your last chance um i mean you you can join next week uh you can join after today i'm pretty sure uh to be honest this is the first time we've used the platform so i'm i'm fairly confident but i'm not 100 percent. but you'll be a little bit behind in the leaderboard so basically how the scoring is going to work is you just get one point for every correct prediction. You'll tally up the points throughout the whole season. So you can still join in late, but uh, you will have some catching up to do. Again, that's on Run Your Pool. Go on my Twitter, go on our Facebook, uh, whatever. We've blasted it out everywhere, and uh, you can get the links to join. It is uh, basically we are going to be picking 
uh, the slate of the Michigan State game plus five to six of the other biggest games around college football. And uh, and you guys will be joining along in Run Your Pool. So you will be making your picks. We will be making our picks. We'll have the leaderboard going through the whole season. We'll be shouting out people on this here picks podcast, people who are doing well, people who are doing uh, noticeably poorly. Uh, we'll shout you guys out as well. We'll have some fun with it. Um, and the other part of this too is there will be a prize for the winner at the end. We are in discussion with uh, somebody who might sponsor this contest, uh, in which case the prize will be something that we will agree on. But we do have a backup plan. Regardless, you can expect uh, some nice MSU merch or apparel or however you want to classify that uh, at the end of the season. It'll be more than just like a t-shirt. So definitely something worth staying involved for um yeah that's about all i can tell you right now but uh, hopefully by this time next week we'll have that prize finalized and and be able to lay that out for you one quick um, note yeah on run your pool um if you're listening to this let's say on friday and you're like darn the first thursday game or i think two thursday games on our one thursday here. game one um, thursday one friday you know shoot i missed it i'm late don't worry you can join and enter picks for everything except that game throughout the weekend so that each your slate of picks does not lock just each game locks so if you want to get in you're a couple days late saturday morning whenever you're listening you can still hop in you'll only miss a couple games still get yourself off on on the right foot here so Jump in there. You can turn on email pick reminders for yourself uh, so you get reminded every week to go in there, make your picks, earn some swag, get shouted out, feel good about yourself. Uh, we're here to have fun. And the the last bit of administration around the contest is it is picking against the spread, to be clear. Um, and the second part of that is there's a, a function on Run Your Pool where they will import the spreads from a sports book on Monday, and then that will be the point spread that we are all picking from. So basically, the lines we will we'll, you'll kind of see today how we go through it. The lines might change a little bit by the end of the week. We're all picking from the same lines. We're all picking from the opening Monday lines. So. Um, you know, if you really want to get strategic with this and wait until Friday and see how these lines have moved, and if that helps make your pick uh, against the early lines, then you know, be my guest. You can get as sharp with this as you want to, but that's kind of how it's working. It's not going to update throughout the week, so don't feel like if you made your picks on Monday that you have to check it on Friday in case the line moved. The lines are locked in as soon as the picks come out. So. I think that's about all the information that we need to get through. I think we've we've kind of laid that out pretty well. Again, you do have a chance to still join. If you haven't, um, we'll we'll try to add the link to the the bio of this episode as well as uh, put that out on Twitter one more time. Because if you want to get every pick throughout the whole season, today's your last day because the first game is the backyard brawl, which we will get to. Um, yeah, so, so before we get to that, obviously we're getting our lines, our updated lines, which we will announce 
as we go through here from DraftKings, the an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they have a special promotion here. Bet $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you want more action on opening night, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. If you get up seven points, you win. You bet on any NFL team of your choice. If that team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid out instantly, even if they blow that lead and lose. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we're a proud member. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Scott, let's get to the picks. All right. So it's been a while since we did an episode like this. I don't know how many months. Uh, You can do the math. Nine, something like that. Uh, So apologies if I'm a little rusty on the picks. But our first game, I mentioned it before is the be- the return of the Backyard Brawl. West Virginia at number 17 Pitt in Pittsburgh at, I think, Acrisure Stadium, which is just way <laughs> worse than Heinz Field. It, it's, just it's just Heinz Field. It's Heinz Field. We're just going to call it the Ketchup Bowl and move on. So the Backyard <laughs> Brawl, for a little bit of history, was played every year from 1919 to 2011, except a four-year gap for World War II. Minor little interruption there. Uh, so they haven't played it though in 11 years and uh, it's back. So this is a really exciting one for those fan bases. This was a huge rivalry in that region. Um, and I think there's a lot of excitement again about having that back. So the line right now is seven and a half. It was seven and a half on Monday. It's seven and a half on DraftKings Now this one's at 7 PM tonight, Thursday on ESPN. So Kevin first pick of the year, who's it going to be? Yeah, if, if there's anybody under the age of like, I don't know, 20 that's listening, this this was such a fun rivalry. And the the notable game was 2007. Pitt upset West Virginia. It was I, one of the second to last week of the season. And West Virginia was number one or number two in the country under Rich Rod with Pat White and Steve Slayton and one of the most fun teams to watch. And Pitt held them out of a national championship game. Um, West Virginia was held out of a national championship game because of this, it, which seems crazy to say now. But to get to this game here, I think it's a rivalry game. Seven and a half point dog. I know they're on the road, but West Virginia's talented. Pitt, you're losing your offensive coordinator. You're losing your quarterback. You have a coach who wants to run the ball, who wants to play defense in Pat Narduzzi. And that can be a winning formula, but you got to cover over a touchdown here in this game. West Virginia is really good at throwing the ball. They're going to try to score some points and stay in this one. Um, I think this is a live dog. I think they got a chance to win this game outright, but definitely give me West Virginia with the points there. Yeah, I was surprised to see. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised to see Pittsburgh getting as much love as they are in the preseason polls Same. at 17. I mean, just given the volume of talent that they lost, um, you know, their top two Jordan rushers, Addison their gone, quarterback, right? their generic winner in Jordan Addison. So um, I expect week one, a little jittery, straight into a rivalry with all kinds of 
weird new emotions none of these players have felt around West Virginia. Um, and honestly, week one like this, I think West Virginia going on the road maybe could take a little pressure off. I, I know it's a rivalry game and it's a big opponent, but sometimes week one, it's nice to just focus on the game and not get caught up in the pageantry of a home game. So I like West Virginia in this one to go on the road, uh, keep it close. I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they won. Again, I think Pitt, I'm not saying Pitt's not good. I'm just, I'm not going to buy stock with all these new guys until I see them on the field. And the cherry on top, did you see Keaton Slovis, Pitt's new quarterback at the uh, pep rally? Yes. He came out, you know, it looked like he was finished with whatever speech he gave. He started coming off the stage, came back out like an encore, and just gives out the F West Virginia, but he actually said the F word. That's bulletin board material that I don't think he needed to put out there. And uh, I don't think those Mountaineers are going to take too kindly to uh, Keaton Slovis. The South Car- Southern California guy coming over to the Appalachian Trail, I don't think he really knows what he just stirred up there. Yeah, I don't I don't buy the, the Slovis hype, but we'll see. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't have bought Kenny Pickett hype before last year, and here he is. Um probably going to end up being a starter for the Steelers by the end of the year, just given how the preseason's gone. But anyway, uh, first dog pick of the year, the Mountaineers of West Virginia going up to Pittsburgh, two picks uh, for the Mountaineers. So our game would be next. But if you've listened to this kind of podcast by us last year, you know, we do Michigan state last. So we'll get to that. Uh, First game on Saturday, we've got, Another Mountaineer, Appalachian State, traveling to North Carolina. Games uh, in Boone, North Carolina, oh, traveling to Appalachian like State. Like I said, a little rusty, but <laughs> the Tar Heels making the haul up to Boone. Sick stadium, sick campus. I don't know if anybody hasn't seen Appalachian State's campus, but if you like mountains, it's a good spot to be. Uh, this game Saturday noon on ESPNU, the U. I feel like we don't see the U very often there. Um, opened at UNC minus two and a half. DraftKings has it down to UNC minus one and a half. So clearly close. Appalachian State getting a little nudge for the home game. But uh, Kevin, I know you're a Heels fan. So who you got? So I watched, <laughs> I was probably one of the few people who watched a good portion of North Carolina and Florida A&M week zero that defense was leaky against Florida A&M with like 35 scholarship players Appalachian State has two running backs uh, Noel and Peoples who in their careers have combined for 3,900 yards 35 touchdowns and six yards a carry those guys are coming back that running back duo is going to do some damage against North Carolina. Games in Boone, the the Mountain Men moonshine is going to be flowing through that stadium. I've got Appalachian State here at home taking down the uh, the Power Five in-state uh, powerhouse. All right, two for two, starting on the same leg here. I also have the Mountaineers. It's a Mountaineer kind of week. I'm going to the mountains this weekend, going camping. So Appalachian Mountains, too true yeah there we go so um gotta stick with my mountaineer family out here i guess uh we're family now 
Yeah, I like the Mountaineers in this one. I like the home game. I think UNC was hit or miss last year, week one. I just love the Mountaineers. I feel like they always get up for games. Uh, They don't always win them, but like they got a good attitude over there in Boone. And uh, this is kind of a dream point spread. You know, you barely get that plus odds on a home underdog week one. It's too good to pass up. So give me Appalachian State. Next game, we've got a big one. So we've got a few big ones uh, in the slate this week, but this is the first one, Oregon and Georgia. This is in Georgia. I think it's at it's in Atlanta, yeah. Stadium, so it's it's not a home game. <laughs> <laughs> sure. For Georgia traveling twenty five miles while Oregon travels across the entire country. Good <laughs> old fashioned twenty five mile away neutral site game, and they're gonna be piping up their neutral rec- neutral site record against ranked teams, whatever. <laughs> uh Georgia's number three, Oregon is number eleven for context. This is Saturday, 3.30 on ABC, opened at 17.5, and and that's what we're picking. And the DraftKings line's down to 17, so a little tiny bit of love for Oregon. Not really. Moved half a point, basically the same. 17 points, a lot of points, Kevin. What do you think? It's a lot of points is what I think. I So Georgia, I think they're obviously the more talented team, and they're replacing a lot, but that doesn't really worry me. I just, I think, the thing for me is you're coming off of your first national championship when you're school in 40 years. And I don't, I don't want to say that they're going to come out like complacent and not ready for, for week one, but I think there's enough of that kind of week one coming off of the national championship hangover that I'm just asking Oregon to cover 17 and a half. I mean, this game could still be what 31 17 and be like a pretty clear, convincing Georgia win. And I still get Oregon to cover that. I think Oregon is still a talented football team and may have the best linebacker duo in the country with uh, Penny Sewell's little brother, Noah Sewell who could be like a top 10 pick. And then Justin Flo was a former five-star. And if you're going to compete against Georgia, I mean, a lot, great linebacker duo is a good place to start. So that's just a lot of damn points. Give me Oregon. Oregon, remember, went into the shoe last year and took out Ohio State early season. So they can get up and travel early season and take down a big name. Um I made a lot of picks like this where I was just last year where I was just like, George is not going to cover that many. It's not going to happen. And then they'd win like 38 to three. And (laughs) I'm not going to start the year like that. And it might bite me in the ass the other direction. But for lack of a better term, Georgia at home, still Georgia. I know they lost some pieces, but if you've been paying attention to their recruiting, they've got plenty more pieces behind them. Um, I like Oregon. I think they're a good team, but I think Georgia burned me on too many games like this last year they're still great i think they win they cover not by much but uh give me the dogs minus 17 and a half jesus that's a big number (laughs) uh all right so night games on saturday we even have a sunday game for you this week but we'll get to that uh saturday 7 p.m on espn another big one utah and florida so number seven utah unranked 
Florida. I know Florida fans are very confident in this game. Uh, Kevin, do you share their confidence? <laughs> Florida fans are SEC fans, so you know they're confident playing anybody outside the SEC. Uh, All right, so, so the you... spread on this one, sorry, I forgot to, I'm just going to stomp on you real quick because I didn't give you all the information. Utah minus two and a half to open, that's what we're picking, and it's moved to Utah minus three. So a little bit of extra love for Utah as the week has gone on. Uh, I think this one is in the swamp. Yep. So, um, yeah, hostile environment, but Utah, kind of a, a darling pick early preseason here for a potential college football playoff run so kevin Ute skaters yeah swamp is a tough place to play i'm gonna make this simple it's it's a football cliche but it's a cliche for a reason there are three things that travel great coaching great defense and a good running game utah has all three of those boxes checked give me utah win the game cover the spread no problem I like this matchup because it's the perfect like SEC. Well, we're the SEC, so we're better, period. You know, like Florida, I mean, they're not going to be a slouch this season. They never are, but they're also not expected to win the big, uh, the big tennies. They're definitely not expected to win the big <laughs> tennies. They're not expected to win the SEC East. Utah is full steam ahead. They've been building for a while, and I think they're due for kind of their their season you know like an msu 2015 i think utah is the stars are aligning this year for for a really good run and that starts in gainesville so i also like utah to cover two and a half utah to come out of the shoe with a win and uh send those sec slappies back with their tails between their legs do you think a gator could put its tail between its legs i don't think so that would be a really acrobatic gator can you imagine, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think they got that kind of flexibility there. All right. So probably most exciting game for Big Ten fans of the weekend. Um, I won't speak for all of you, but it's probably the one I'm most excited to see. Ohio State and Notre Dame. So this one opened OSU again, tons of points. OSU minus 15 and a half has since moved to OSU minus 17. Um we're going to pick 15 and a half, so we'll, we'll save ourselves the extra point and a half. But, Kevin, uh, this one is 7.30 Saturday on ABC. Buckeyes, start strong. This, this pick scares me more than any of them on the board. Um, but the, the nice thing, and you'll see which direction I go, is I have a feeling I'm going to know if this pick is right or wrong by the middle of the second quarter. I think this is, again, it's just too many damn points against a really good team. I think people are assuming the Ohio State death march, and I don't think they're wrong, but people are acting like they are playing against a, a tier three college football team. Notre Dame is preseason number five. If you look at, if you believe in like blue chip ratio stuff, they're like a top 10 team composite talent team in the country the the new head coach there uh freeman marcus freeman he has that program with so much energy right now that i think every single player on notre dame is walking into the horseshoe expecting to win that game and i don't i don't think that's um 
hyperbole or anything. I think they believe that they're going to win this game. I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think if you're giving me two touchdowns with a Notre Dame team that we know is going to have a good offensive line, that we know is going to have a good running game, how did Ohio State lose last year? They lost two games to Oregon and Michigan, two really physical running teams. They played Utah in in the Rose Bowl. And that Utah kept it right there because they're a really physical team that can run the football. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to keep going with that formula is the way to hang with at, at least hang with Ohio State. So it's just too many points. I'm taking Notre Dame. But again, I have a feeling by the middle of the second quarter, I'm going to know if that's a, a, the right pick or the wrong pick. So that at least gives me some comfort. I don't think I'll be sweating this one out late. I think you're going to kind of know pretty early. If Ohio State just comes out firing, they score on two, three-play drives to start the game, chalk this one up as a loss. But but give me give me Notre Dame to cover a big spread here. I The first time I went through my picks, I had Notre Dame um, for similar, less thought-out reasoning. Um, and something about today, I, I woke up, it's kind of like Georgia and maybe it's just residual effect of watching Ohio state basically just take our license to life last season. Um, and I know they lost to Oregon early season last year in a similar situation, but I'm still going to take the Buckeyes. I just, I'm tired of hoping they don't score a million points and then watching them score a million points at my expense. That's so, that's the terrible. Like as soon as C.J. Stroud touches the football, I'm going to be sitting on my couch like you idiot, <laughs> you <maybe>. dummy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think I see both either scenario playing out. Right, it's either going to be real close, and you're not going to know where this um, 15 and a half is going to land, or it's just going to be Ohio State walking out, like you said, having I don't know, covering 15 and a half in the first half, and then. Um, yeah, just kind of cruise Buckeyes, control from there. I do right? think yeah. you know they have say what you want about like revenge and momentum and like psychology. Losing to Michigan last year and going to the Rose Bowl for that program, I guarantee it did not sit well with them for a single second this off season. So if you think Ohio State was motivated the last few seasons to to go out there and put their best on the field, I think we're going to see something different to start this year now that could backfire right too much emotion and you lose sight of uh what you're trying to do on the field that we've seen that before but i just think ohio state's got a a a lot to play for this year uh they have something to prove for once in the big 10 not that this is a big 10 game but uh yeah i think uh ohio state's gonna look pretty good in this one so um that wraps up our saturday slate sunday because the nfl hasn't started yet interesting uh down south game neither team is ranked but certainly big brands we've got lsu minus two and a half the lines move to lsu minus three um sunday 7 30 p.m night game sunday night football on abc i don't know what to make of this one kevin so you're gonna start us off again this is uh i this came down to a pretty simple formula for me so this one this one's in um new orleans i believe it's again like neutral site (laughs) for lsu in new orleans um i just think 
if you've watched LSU and you've watched Florida State over the last five, six, seven years now, you've seen a really bad Florida State offensive line and you've seen a really good LSU defensive line. And that's just really what it comes down to for me. I think there are a bunch of question marks with both of these teams with their quarterback play, with uh, Brian Kelly coming into LSU, Mike Norvell in year two, I believe, for Florida State. You've got some kind of some things that you don't know what to expect. But in that situation, when I know one offensive line has struggled and I know one defensive line has been really good, I'm going to go with the team with the dominant defensive line. So I, I think LSU, um, I think there's a bunch of question marks in this game that I don't have a ton of conviction on it. But you give me LSU playing in Louisiana against that Florida State offensive line. Yeah, I'll take the Tigers. Yeah, I'm going with LSU because I just think they've been bad for less amount, less time. And I just don't think they've sank into that valley of mediocrity as deeply no, as Florida State and has. LSU bad has been much better than the Florida State bad. Yeah, and they, like you said, they, they've got the neutral home game. Um, I Yeah, I mean, Florida State, I've been watching them for years and just underperform. You know, they like to pull up upsets, but they usually save it for like top 15 teams, not unranked LSU on the road. I'm just going to call it on the road. I know it's a neutral, but it's not. Um, yeah. And two and a half points is just not enough. Right. I just, I like the home favorite to cover a field goal. Um, so give me LSU Sunday night, which brings us back to Friday to the game we've been waiting for, for how many days, Kevin, at least, <laughs> at least 99, <laughs> at least 99. We've been counting down. So we've got the Broncos of Western Michigan traveling the, taking the long trek to East Lansing, to play our number 15 MSU Spartans, 7 p.m. ESPN. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it or not. Depends if I get cell service in my campsite. It's like a totally gluttonous move I do every year. I go camping to get away, and then I just fire up a football game <laughs> as soon as I set up the tent. But you got to do what you got to do. So hopefully I'll get to see it. Otherwise, I'll watch it when I get back on Monday and then probably dive straight into a pod. Um, nonetheless, Kevin... The line on this one, the biggest line we have discussed today, MSU opened minus 19 and a half, has since moved to MSU minus 22. Thank God we don't have to pick that spread. Yeah. But two and a half touchdowns, more than two and a half touchdowns, almost three. At home, Western, you know the storylines, Peyton Thorne versus his dad, um, in-state not a rivalry, but an in-state matchup, which always adds a little extra flavor to it. I'm sure there will be a fair share of Broncos fans in uh, Spartan Stadium on Friday night. Um, first game of Mel Tucker's third, fourth season. Third. Third season. <laughs> fourth recruiting class they just announced today, so it got in my head. Third season. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? We start off strong with a three-touchdown win. So I'll start with a couple. So this is going to be something we're going to incorporate more into the preview podcast. But since I posted it late, um, I'll read off a couple of these from from the Facebook group. So you got to be in the Facebook group to get on this portion of the podcast, the Standing Room Spartans community, that is. But I basically ask people, like, why would we win? Why would we lose? Why would we lose? Really, everybody said basically the same thing. Just 
comes out asleep at the wheel, a bunch of turnovers like the 2020 Rutgers game, right? It's just um, just a nightmare scenario. Uh, but I'll read off a couple of these why we win. Isaac Krause says, we win because the team brought at least its B game uh, in a non-scoreboard way. We stay healthy and the team looks good, right? So Isaac is saying, as long as we bring a B game, we're, we're fine. Uh, Michael Vicari said, the new look defense shines and overwhelms a less talented team in the dynamic duo of Broussard and Berger run wild. Um for me, so this is the first game where it's that we've talked about where that movement we're picking run your pool 19 and a half, DraftKings 22. That crosses over that three touchdown line, which is a big deal uh, in the betting market. But I think, I think I'm picking Michigan State to cover either way. And the thing for me, the more I've thought about it, I I think there's a a level of kind of a prove it game for Michigan State. The whole narrative nationally, and I know that the coaches say that they don't get caught up and they don't read this stuff. They do. They know, and they convert. They convey that to the players as well. Like we're we're not stupid, and I think they've seen this narrative all off season long of. Yeah, you know, Mel Tucker year two, that was that was great, but now you're gonna kind of come back a little bit. You're you're not really an eleven win seat, uh, an eleven win team. You you don't deserve a ten million dollar a year contract, and without Kenneth Walker, you guys aren't gonna be. And I think part of it is because there's some newness here. And we're going to want to see, you know, players perform in different schemes and different situations um, and, and see how these running backs are adapting to um, a new offense and see how these new wide receivers can get incorporated into the offense. And part of it is that prove it game where I think the starters are going to stay in this game pretty deep into it. I think you're going to want with Washington on the road week three. Of course, you want to see with the depth what the depth looks like, but I think you're going to want to really get the starters in a groove, and you're going to want to play them as much as you feel comfortable playing without it getting too ridiculous. If this does get to like a 30-point game, all right, call off the dogs. But I think the starters will stay in a little bit longer than some people might expect, and I think the offense is going to be a little less explosive than last year, but with Western Michigan, you should be scoring on nearly every possession when you have the starters in. And I think with our improved defense that I think, you know, I talked about my prediction, we could be a top 30 defense against a Western Michigan team with three returning starters on offense. I would be surprised if Western scored more than 14, which means that MSU basically needs to score 35 to cover. And, and I think, I feel pretty comfortable with that. So I think Michigan state would cover either spread the 22 for obvious reasons makes me more nervous than the 19 and a half, but uh, give me, give me MSU to start off the year strong and cover a big spread against a Mac team. Yeah, this is, um, it's a, a lot of points. Um, and I was looking back just last year at the, the couple games we had that, could fall near this i mean youngstown state i think is fcs we won by 28 and western kentucky was a conference champion or at least they went to their conference championship last year 
and we champion i'm pretty sure that that game probably felt closer than it ended we ended up winning by 17 uh that game is what concerns me about this game where we got out to a big lead and then they kind of narrowed it down and just kept it close because but they had that high efficiency passing attack that once we decided we had enough and we were just going to kind of keep a lid on the game they chipped away an extra few points which i don't think western michigan necessarily has the same chops um especially this year so i like msu to cover 20 points um but man that's a big spread you know we've seen games 28 to 14 against early season tune-up um teams you know from michigan state in the recent past and it just my concern here is you go up like 28 nothing at the half and then Noah Kim goes in and yeah. the offense kind of, you know, Eli Collins is taking every carry in the second half and defense gets a little sloppy when we put the backup DBs in and they catch a couple back and all of a sudden, you know, you don't cover. But I think do you do you have any has it not not in terms of Michigan State winning the game, but in terms of covering the spread? Is there any hesitation? Because this creeped into my mind for about a half a second of Peyton Thorne against his dad. We're gonna we're gonna hear that storyline a hundred times, but maybe Thorne comes out a little tight. Maybe there's just some kind of like nerves there that it's just a it's an it's a really unique situation. And you imagine putting yourself in those shoes. He's said all the right things, and the coaching staff has said all the right things about that matchup, but the reality is there's no way that he can ignore that completely. Your dad, who you played for, your dad is a coach, you played for him in high school, and he's on the other sideline now. That's an element for a what Peyton Thorne's 20 years old. I mean, that that has to be a something. That's not whether maybe he handles it really well and it turns out to, but that is still something that I, I think has to be mentioned right yeah i mean i could i can spin that storyline into peyton thorne jittery struggling missing a few early throws and just having a mediocre day i can also spin that into peyton thorne gets to play in front of his dad in spartan stadium and throws six touchdowns like maybe peyton thorne hates his dad (laughs) this is is like ultimate revenge tour (laughs) um yeah i mean yeah, it's possible, especially week one. Any quarterback can come out tight week one, right? He comes out and scrambles for like a 35-yard touchdown and then just gives double birds to the Western sideline. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's possible, right? I think in terms of how I would approach opening this game, Western Michigan last year could not stop the run against anyone who is like half decent at running the ball. So I think you you start pounding the rock. You, you get a couple like flats, you know, screen wide receiver screens, um, easy five yard hitches, just get Peyton Thorne seeing the ball in the hands of his receivers that first drive, but don't really ask him to do too much. If, if you can run the ball the whole drive and have like two or three completions from Peyton Thorne just to get that the, the points on the board, um, I think that would do a wonders for his the whole team's confidence, really, but his confidence and take the pressure off. Understand. All right. I don't have to be perfect today. I just got to get comfortable, uh, get a little bit better, and uh, and help my guys get down the field. So I think um, for everything we've seen so far leads me to believe Peyton Thorne has the mental makeup to to handle a distraction like that. But it's also a very unique distraction that we just don't see very many players facing. 
So it's it's hard to predict how he'll react to that. Um, honestly, I, I don't. I think if Peyton Thorne brings his B minus game and uh, and we have success on the ground, I still think we have a pretty good shot at at covering twenty points. Yeah, you look at the possibility of of defensive points too. We've seen it time and time again for Michigan State against lower ranked teams. You get a pick six, you get a punt return touchdown by Jaden Reed, whatever the case may be. Like there's opportunities there for real swing plays against the they're on scholarship too, I know, but less talented, less athletic, slower, less strong players right you're, you're gonna have those opportunities too so we're another both fun, co- both picking michigan state to cover a, a pretty pretty hefty line here another fun storyline to keep in mind um obviously Jaden reed transferred from western michigan yep. so there's and i'm played sure for jeff thorne not that he necessarily has anything against western michigan i'm sure he probably has fond memories of it but like whenever you play your old team you know there's that extra like I'm going to show them what they're missing. Um, and if I remember right, was Peyton Thorne committed to Western before he committed to Michigan State? I, I remember there was a story I think there. so. I think so. So maybe that's a little extra chip for Western Michigan guy. You know, hey, this is our future <laughs> quarterback. Goes to the other Big Ten school in state. And our star and, receiver. <laughs> and takes our star receiver after his freshman all-american season i think Jaden reed was a freshman all-american at western so if we're talking about kind of motivations maybe a little bit on the other sideline obviously western's going to be motivated for this game it's an opportunity to play your in-state big 10 one of the in-state big 10 teams um and uh so western's going to have plenty to play for i think michigan state just needs to uh stick to the fundamentals stick to uh measuring themselves against the standard as Mel Tucker likes to say. And I think they'll be all right in this one. If the emotions get involved, maybe you don't see a cover. I really, I don't see a world where we don't win. Um, I mean, it's always possible, but at home (laughs) Western's just not really built for that early season upset this year. So I think it's a, it's a pretty steady. And I just, and we've talked about it on the preview pod too. Like I think, this Western team, especially because they're replacing so much, it's just I'm not discounting the possibility of losing to a Mac team, but this Mac team, it's just not not the one that that I think is a real threat. So, so there you have it. the The picks are completed. The hay is in the barn. Um, we're going to try to keep these around like thirty to thirty five minutes, but with the whole introduction of the the format and the run your pool and everything. It, it, it'll run a little bit longer today, but we're going to try to keep these around 30 minutes so that you guys can listen Friday before work, after work, before the games kick off on Saturday and uh, really get yourself ready for, for college football. So man, we're here today. There is like a, a real fun game tomorrow. Michigan state plays. I, I love that wait. Michigan state opens on Fridays. Well, I don't love that. I love I don't like that we always open on Labor Day weekend because I'm always going to have Labor Day weekend plans. Um, and I would love to sit around and watch the whole week one of college football, but I just can't sacrifice the long weekend opportunity. But I do love that we open on Friday nights because when I do get a chance to watch games on this weekend, you get MSU early, right? You don't have to wait the whole week. You get it yep. on Friday night. And then 
the games behind you and you get the full Saturday slate to just no stress leisure. Uh, it's, it's a great setup. So enjoy it folks. Uh, this weekend we're back, stick with us three times a week. We'll be doing this, this off season. Uh, we'll have a Western recap, Kevin, probably later Monday. I'm getting back probably okay. Monday, Monday and then, uh, it, or it'll push to Tuesday morning, but weird weekend after that we'll be on a, a steady roll. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, Wednesday we'll hit the Akron preview and uh, next Friday, week two picks. Next next Monday, Akron recap, and you you kind of get the picture. So, uh, yeah, everybody enjoy the enjoy the game, enjoy the weekend. If you're traveling over to East Lansing, I am very jealous of you. If you're not, um, you know we're all in the same boat watching this thing on TV, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I watched like 12 hype videos yesterday from random people on YouTube. I got so fired up, dude. I, I'm so excited for this season. So until uh, until the recap show, everybody enjoy the game. Hope the beers are cold. Hope the, the seats are comfy wherever you are. And uh, go green. Go white. Take care, folks.